Hello, and welcome to Sharp, the podcast where we help you get a little better at the stuff you have to do, so you can spend more time doing the stuff you want to do. So now, on with the episode. Welcome to episode 52, and this is the second in our series on helping you make proper changes in this coming year. Now, these are a re-release of some episodes that first came out in 2017. I've cleaned them up, and we've lost the stuff that's out of date. But we've kept all the good stuff to help you make changes that will work much better than New Year's resolutions. And this week, we're looking at goals. No, not that kind of goal. Life goals. Personal goals, you know, or career goals. Okay, I really need you to stop doing that. It's quite annoying. Have you finished? Thank you. Anyway, if you do a bit of research, there's loads of advice out there on on how to set goals. And I've worked on this quite a lot over my career. The resource, though, it can be conflicting. So some people are saying, set great, big, hairy, audacious goals. Others are saying you should take baby steps. There's lots of chat about your comfort zone and whether you should stretch it or stay within it. Some people say set loads of goals. Other people set say other people say set a fewer number of goals. Other people say put your teeth in before you start recording. But there is some consistency out there. And this week, I'm going to share with you the basic steps that people do agree on when it comes to setting goals and the one crucial thing that many of them are missing. So first, let's look at the basics. How do we set goals? I've found five areas where there is some consensus that these things should be included as part of your goal-setting process. The first one is visualise the goal. So have some image or a representation of what that goal is. So I, I reckon that you should go wild on this. Create an image that invokes the taste of food and the smell of the air and the sounds and that kind of stuff. After all, we learn stuff through all of our senses and our memory's got a really strong link to using all of them. So setting a goal like this, using all of your senses, is likely to feel more real and it will stick in your mind if you're going through a tough stage. Step two, or area two, is to write it down in some way and this is often where the SMART acronym comes in. Now there are lots of different versions of the SMART acronym. I use specific, measurable, actionable, realistic and time-bound. Now, I am a fan of SMART, but it's not an easy thing to do well. And there is some debate about how you should apply the different elements of SMART when it comes to setting goals. Okay, step three, or area three in setting goals, is about sharing it. Now, there are two very clear and distinctly separate schools of thought on this. Some people think that publicly committing to the goal gives you an incentive to make progress. But there is a school of thought that the act of sharing it actually reduces your chance of success. There's an interesting talk from Derek Sivers on TED. I'll share it in the in the show notes. And he shares the view that you absolutely should not share your goals. My suggestion is just decide what your strategy is going to be, share it or don't share it, and then stick to it. And then when it comes to reviewing your goals, that's the important bit. See if you can tell whether that approach has helped you or made it more difficult for you. Step four or area four is to break it down. So if it's a big goal, break it into smaller steps. And then the fifth area or or stage is to plan. And that's closely linked to step four. But plan things like celebrating your success, 
plan to review your progress. I mean, there's obviously no point setting goals and then just ignoring them. So these are the areas that people generally agree on in terms of setting goals. Visualize them, write them down and use SMART, decide whether you're going to share it or not, break it down and then plan. Now, I'm a fan of setting goals. Um, At home, we've got goals for our personal life as well as business life. This year, I've used the Michael Hyatt's best year ever method that I found really good because it gives you a rounded set of goals, not just for income or business, but also it makes sure that you think about things like family and your contribution, you know, the contribution that you make in the world. They don't have to be great big things. You may want to have a statue um, made of you. That would be an interesting goal to have, but I'm thinking perhaps a bit more simple, you know, how you affect the community or the people around you. And this leads me to what I think is missing from goal setting that can make the difference between success and failure. And it's one word, why. With goals, if you're not clear on why you're setting the goal, there might be no point having the goal. Let's look at some examples. Some goals that you might set may be to get a new car or a bigger house or to advance your career. So take the car one. Why would someone want a new car? Well, it might be because it makes them feel happy. And that's fair enough. And then if you ask yourself the question, well, where does that happiness come from? What is it about the new car which makes you happy? And importantly, how long is that happiness going to last? You may decide that this isn't something to set as a goal. What about the career one? Why do you want to advance your career? Again, it it may seem obvious, but actually when you ask yourself the question, there could be very different reasons. It might be about income. could be about success or self-esteem. It might be to provide for your family. And if you're clear on why something is a goal, then it's a bit easier to set about making it a solid one. And here's the secret sauce. You don't need to stop at one why. Let me explain what I mean. There's a proven technique in problem solving of asking five whys. It's used in lean manufacture and Six Sigma, for example. When you apply it to setting goals, it could help you reframe the goal, redefine it, or even come up with new ones. Here's an example. Okay, so I'm sitting here at the kitchen table with Lisa. Hello, Lisa. Hi. And uh, I'm gonna, we're, we're going to try and do the five whys with goal setting. Okay, here we go. So, Lisa, I've set myself a goal this year of losing weight and I've made it a smart goal because I've written it down and it says, I'll go to the gym three times a week until I've lost 20 pounds and I'll do it by the end of June. Okay. Why do you want to do that? Um, Because I don't feel good about myself at the moment and I want to feel better. Mm, Don't understand. Why don't you feel good about yourself? Um, Because I've got into the habit of eating too much nice food and not doing enough exercise. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Because I stopped going to the gym. Why did you stop going to the gym? Because I don't really enjoy it. Okay. Why, Why don't you enjoy it? Because it's boring. Okay. (laughs) So now it becomes clear that setting ourselves a goal of doing something that we find intrinsically boring is possibly not going to work. So then we can consider alternatives like um, taking a weekend bike ride or walking to work or getting out into the country at the weekend. Maybe on the food front, we might decide instead to reinvigorate our zest for cooking by trying out some new recipes with tasty fewer calorie recipes, you know the kind of stuff. Now you don't, you don't have to ask five whys or be really rigid about it, but just the element of challenging the goal may open up some alternatives. 
And if it doesn't, and it stands up as a good goal, one that you're happy to work on, then go ahead and use the steps that we've discussed before. Visualise the outcome. Write it down and do it in a smart way. Share it or don't. (laughs) Break it down into smaller steps and focus on the first step immediately. And plan to celebrate your success and review. And the great thing now is that you can review against the why. And that makes reviewing easier and maybe a bit more stimulating because you're not just reviewing the practical element, but you're also considering, has it made me happier? Has it helped me support my family? And so on. Now remember, none of this is rocket science. It is just advanced common sense. But whether your why is about being happier, growing your self-esteem or helping others, you can check your progress against those things. And then if you're not happier, maybe you set the wrong goal. And that's no biggie. Just change it. After all, No one said your goals have to be set in stone. So, let's imagine that you've got your goals set, you're happy, you've reviewed them, you've challenged your thinking, they're smart and they're ready to go. So what next? Well, you've got to do it, haven't you? (laughs) And you've got to keep it up. And that's easy the day after you've set them, when your enthusiasm's high and they're they're top of mind. But what about a week later, a month later, six months later? How do you keep the focus up with all the distractions that life chucks at you? Trying to dampen your enthusiasm. That enthusiasm that you had the day you wrote those goals down. Well, the great news is there's loads of resource out there to help make it happen. But how do you want to do it? Do you want to track your goals online with a device and have an app do all the work? Or are you a pen and paper, old school kind of person? Well, the great news is I've got both bases covered in this episode. We're going to look at apps to keep you on track with your goals. I'm going to look at good old fashioned pen and paper methods as well. Okay, first of all, apps. Now, if you type the word goals into any app store, you'll be confronted with a myriad of choice. I like the word myriad. The word myriad comes from the Latin and Greek words myrias, meaning 10,000. So, if you type the word goals into any app store, you'll have 10,000 apps to choose from. So, I decided that it was time to flex my research muscles. That's me, flexing my muscles there. Um, Good job this isn't a video. And to put the effort in to sort the good from the bad, so you don't have to. Now, I trawled loads of different websites, blogs and posts each of these places tell you what they think about the best goal tracking apps. And I've looked at 95 different apps. Now, the good news is I'm not going to bore you with the review of 95 different apps. But from the ones that get recommended the most often, I've got what I think are the best of the best in my top five of goal tracking apps. So what is it about these five which get them recommended so often? Well, I'm going to tell you. First up is Coach.me. Tim Ferriss says about Coach.me that for adding new habits, he says, this is the only thing that got me to floss regularly. I and 5,000 plus others also recently went 30 days without booze and other stuff. Now, by other stuff, what he's actually referring to is, um, well, let's just say it's not necessarily for a family audience. So that's Coach.me. It used to be called Lyft. And if you're looking for an app to inspire you, put you in touch with other people to 
motivate and support you, then it's worth a look. So the second app is Goals on Track. Now this app is not free, it's subscription-based. It's described by Michael Hyatt as the most robust goal-setting program of the bunch. I tell you what, it's really comprehensive. You set your goal, you set the actions, you can have, you've got visualisation, you can track time, you can set habits, you can keep a journal. It's even got analytics and charts and so on, if you like that kind of thing. Now, Goals on Track has been rated by 11 out of the 20 top websites that we researched. The testimonials include words like genius and brilliant. So that sounds good, doesn't it? They give you a 30-day money-back trial. And I guess if it helps you have, um, I don't know, one less takeaway meal a month or one less beer or helps you find one more customer, then it looks like it will pay for itself. Number three is Strides. Now, Strides is only available for iPhone and web. It's not currently on Android. Livewire.com describes Strides as one of the most powerful and easy-to-use apps out there. You can set up reminders so that you never forget to maintain those daily habits that lead to bigger goal achievement. And the way it works is you set a target by putting in a goal value or a certain date. Then you specify the action that you need to do to turn it into a habit. And then the Strides app lets you track it all by day, week, month, year, or even on a rolling average. It's got charts. It uses the smart format. Um, They provide a template for popular goals, or you can set your own one up from scratch. Strides is free with an optional premium plan if you want to be a power user. I don't know what a power user is, but uh, sounds good, doesn't it? It's recommended by over half of the locations that we reviewed. It's described by one as being beautiful with a nice design. Strides, it looks simple. Give it a try. Next, we've got two apps that kind of tied for fourth and fifth place. I Run You Run and Life Tick. So firstly, I Run You Run is, again, it's an iPhone-only app. What makes this different is that you can use it for personal goals, but you can also use it for team goals or even company goals. So if you're looking for something that works for a group of people, try I Run You Run. Now, the last one is Life Tick. Life Tick is web-based, but you can link it to your mobile device. What's nice about Life Tick is that it focuses on your core values first. So once again, like the others with Life Tick, you can define your goals, you set tasks or steps, and it uses the smart model, which we like. And like I Run, You Run, Life Tick can link to others to set family or group goals. Michael Hyatt likes it, and it's recommended by him, it's recommended by entrepreneur.com and Fast Company, amongst others. So that's Life Tick. So that's my top five of the 95 apps that we've looked at. Remember, they're in the top five because they're recommended more often across the top 20 websites that we've reviewed. When I say we've reviewed, I've reviewed, obviously. But when I say we, it feels like we're a team of people here, doesn't it? Um, There is someone else that helps. You'll be hearing from him shortly, I'd imagine. But anyway, there's something for everyone there, and I'll publish the top 10 list of apps in the show notes, plus links to all the websites and the blogs which recommend them. Of course, the beauty these days of using apps or online resources is that they're linked to the device that we carry about all the time. So there is no excuse for not making fantastic progress on those goals. So let's have a look at some more traditional 
pen and paper-based solutions to tracking your goals. Good old pen and paper. It's not just there for the nasty things in life. Sorry, turning into my brother. So firstly, I mean, obviously, you can just literally list or print your goals off and put them up somewhere on the wall or in a, um, in a diary or something and then just refer to your list of goals when you're reviewing your progress. And it doesn't have to be more complicated than that if you don't want it to be. But if you're serious about your goals, then there are methods out there which are still pen and paper based, but a more structured way of tracking your progress. Firstly, we've looked at three journals or planners that look pretty good. The first one is self-journal. Now, this pops up in a lot of journaling blogs and websites as one that's highly recommended. Self-journal is uh, it's a journal, obviously. Um, it's a hardcover book, and it's been designed by a company called Best Self. Self-journal currently sells for £30 or about $32. Um, that's currently, in the future, £30 may be worth $3 or it may be worth $3,000. It works by helping you create three-month goals and then you break them down into chunks to give you daily steps. And then, of course, you can transfer these into habits which help you succeed. Now, they claim that you'll find that it bridges the gap between idea and implementation. And it says, where vision gets you started, execution delivers the goods. And I've got to say, self-journal is jam-packed. It covers everything from morning routine to end of day routine. It shows you how to set out a roadmap for your goals. It helps you structure your daily planner. It even shows you how to journal gratitude. If you like a bit of structure, the self-journal has it in absolute spades. It's really clear, it's simple, and I really like it. It's got all the ingredients that we've talked about in our podcast before on goals and habits, all wrapped up in a really stylish, smart, hardbound journal. I wonder what Guillotine thinks of the self-journal. In total, I love the self-journal. It's an incredible tool in assisting you in attacking your long-term and your short-term goals. It assisted me in acting with more intention throughout my day. It also helped me to structure my week, which can be a daunting task when you have an ADD device such as this. It fits in my camera bag. It fits in my book bag. I'm pretty sure it'll fit in your bag. So what do you think about the best self planner? Is it yeah, is it no? Are you gonna get one? Are you not gonna get one? Do you think it's BF? Well, he seems to like it, doesn't it? Lovely. Of course, I'll put a link in the show notes for you to have a look. So that's the self journal. Give it a try. The next one is my pro planner. Now, my pro planner is a bit less expensive than the self journal, but it's still packed full. It's lovely looking and a really smart planner. And you can see from the reviews that the people buy it love it. Now, my favorite thing about this is that you start with a pledge and your why. We love a why, don't we? You can visualize your goals. Um, you can break smart goals down into smaller monthly tasks. There's a weekly planner, quotes for the week. There's a place to note your gratitude. That's my pro planner. If you're looking for something a bit less structured and more of a planner, then the Action Day series have robust, chunky, daily, weekly, monthly agenda and goal journals, and they're worth a look. Now, these are more of a diary, but there is a dedicated space each week to note tasks, projects, and goals. In Amazon, there's a section 
for appointment books and planners. And Action Day are in the top 10. And actually, it's the only one in the top 10 with a dedicated goal and project section. So that's the Action Day series planner. And of course, I will put a link in the show notes. As you know, I am a huge fan of carrying a small notebook around with me at all times, even when I'm out in the field, in the rain. Please, let me back in the house. Having a notebook helps me when I need to jot ideas down, make a note of things I've done, just get thoughts out of my head and onto paper. And I also use it for my end-of-day routine for jotting down my daily review. My absolute favourite notebook of choice is the Field Notes range. They're cool. They're pocket-sized, they're hard-wearing. You can even buy bright orange waterproof ones if you're working somewhere outside in the rain. No, he is not coming back in. So that's Field Notes, and if you combine them with a Fisher Space Pen, then you have got a mean combination that will mean you'll never miss an idea, a chance to note your progress, have an end-of-day review without having to look at the glaring screen of a device. So that's my personal top tip in this paper and pen section Field Notes journals, the links, of course, are always in the show notes. So whether you're a mobile device app person or a pen and paper write-it-down person, there should be something in there to get you to mobilise your goals and then to turn them from good intentions into great habits. Hi, well, it's 2019 Steve here. So that was goals. And again, all the links and resource will be in this episode's show notes. So I hope you have a great week. And next week, we'll be revisiting the final area, routines. Until then, bye-bye. All the links, resource and articles I've used in this episode will be in the show notes right there on your device. Hopefully you'll find them helpful and useful, and hopefully you'll find this whole podcast helpful and useful. I hope you do, and I do spend a lot of time and effort making sure it's relevant, helpful and entertaining enough for you to listen to. If you agree and you'd like to show your support, there are several ways you can do it. You could go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating or a great review, which would be fab. Alternatively, you can share the podcast on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. We are at Sharp Podcast, one word, two Ps. Or you could even show someone how to subscribe on their phone or their device. And finally, on the website, sharppodcast.com, you can leave feedback, subscribe or go and listen to the archive episodes. I'm off. I hope you're able to find one thing before our next episode that you can do, which will help you get better. And remember, don't waste time comparing yourself to anyone else. The only person you should try to be any better than is the person that you were yesterday. Bye-bye.